and welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. I'm Max Peterson. You really hold on to the S. I did. I held often. on to that S. Do I? Sometimes, yeah. Hmm. You did on our first Patreon episode, which we just recorded. Correct. How's that for a segue? <laughs> um, done so. so before we before we get into anything today, I will tell you what movie we're doing. We are going to talk about 1992's Unforgiven, directed by and starring Clint Eastwood, um, also featuring Morgan Freeman, Gene Hackman, and a bevy of other interesting folks. But before we get too far into the movie, yes. or even get started on the movie, um, we want to talk about Patreon for just a second. Oh, what the heck is Patreon, Maxwell? Well, Patreon, I'm glad you asked, young Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do everything super stilted for the rest <laughs> That'd of the That'd be great. Fair enough. <laughs> just radio announcer voices for the rest of the show. <laughs> Um, Patreon is a it's a patronage. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a way. It's basically it's a way for artists to get paid for creative types and creative people to get paid for the things that they create, like podcasts, like podcasts, exactly like podcasts, like music. There are artists on there. Just basically anybody who makes anything to show anyone or have anyone listen to or enjoy. Um, basically, fans who think that the way that we're doing it is we're putting out measuring flicks every week. We're always going to do that. It'll yes. be every week on iTunes because we love doing this show. And if you think that we deserve a little bit of scratch for what we're doing, a couple bucks here or there or whatever you can afford, mm-hmm. you can head on over to Patreon and find a whole bunch of other cool shit, extra content, um, rewards, things like that. The big thing that we're doing for this show for Measuring Flicks is we are doing bonus episodes. And these are not 15-minute bonus episodes. No, these are full... We episodes. are doing whole entire other Patreon episodes. I, I, we might have to even like reassess how right, much we're doing because yeah. I was thinking about it. And if we keep the pace we're doing here and Patreon, we're gonna do like two series at the same time. It's like recording two shows. It is. But um, yeah. So there's a lot of. If you head on over to Patreon, we just we're talking about it right now because we just recorded our first Patreon episode. So what we're do what we did over there is we are doing. Movies that might not fit in the main season. Movies that we're going to do some horror films that are maybe a bit too much for the main little, season. Yeah, a little too heavy, a little too too rough. We're yeah. doing some. We're we're going to do some like shock films. We're going to yeah. do some ex- exploitation films that might be a touch too far for the right. for the main season. Our first series that we're doing over on Patreon is a good example. We're doing all four "I Spit on Your Grave" movies with my uh, awesome feminist badass wife Bird. Uh, the first episode was really fun. Yeah, I had a lot a lot of fun recording it. I I was expecting it to be more like our regular show where we're like, like, and, like unpacking the movie right. and like pulling things in. apart, diving deep. It wasn't. It was, it it was, was not. not. It was like it was like three people sitting around with beers, just being like, "Man, did you see when that dude's head exploded? That was crazy." It was <laughs> exactly. really fun, and that's the sort of thing you can expect on Patreon. Yeah. Um. So it's not all going to be uh, beyond the pale no, no, horror. No. We're also going to do uh, like our next series that we're going to do on Patreon after this one is done. We're going to do a uh, gear del Toro series. We're going to examine his films. We have uh, eight Quentin Tarantino episodes planned. We're going to do a more westerns. If you're liking the western series we're doing now, but we're saying, having so much fun with westerns. Like I oh just want to keep God. going on the western well, train, man. After finding out that you had never seen Shane, uh, sh- that's on the list. And everyone out there who's like, "You fucking idiots! Why didn't right. you cover Tombstone?" <laughs> well, well, head on over to Patreon, and uh, sometime this year you will probably see an yeah, episode most featuring. Definitely. Tombstone. Uh, there's lots of cool stuff you can get over there. You can get bonus episodes. You can get our ill-begotten but f- still delightful season zero. Yeah. Some of my favorite conversations are in that. Yeah. Where we, the wrestler. We, yeah. I love the, the wrestler. Was no good for heart, no good for family. Is one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from the infamous Lost season. The Lost season. Coke. No good for hearts. No, no good, good for, for families. Um, yeah, so you can go and listen to the first seven episodes we ever did, which didn't make it into our official season mm-hmm. one start. Um, you can get a shout out on the show. You can get to uh, suggest. Basically, you can get if at a high enough level of patronage, you can pick movies for us to watch and sort of produce episodes. Yep. So there's all sorts of cool stuff that over on Patreon, which uh, at the time that you are listening to this will be live. So you can go over there and check that stuff out. And where do they find that, Max? They can find that at 
patreon.com slash Max Peterson. The reason that it's not measuring flicks is I'm using the Patreon as a sort of catch-all for a bunch of artistic yeah. projects that I'm going to be doing, many of them also with you. <laughs> Film Yay! projects, radio projects, etc., etc. So if you go to patreon.com slash Max Peterson for lots more bonus Boom shakalaka. Mm, content. But anyway, yes. for, in the meantime, let's get back to... Wah, wah, wah. We are in the shit with Unforgiven. This is the last one. No, Searchers is the last one. Oh, we did it. Yeah, right. we recorded. Flippy we dude. we promised we weren't going to do this, but we did not have time to record the Unforgiven episode. Right. So yeah, we did yeah. Searchers a little bit ahead of time, um, which you will hear next week, but which we recorded last week. <laughs> We're going to try and stop doing that. My God, the time travel in this episode is as bad as <laughs> the, the I spit one? on your grave Jesus. episode that we just did. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is not the last one. This will be the uh, second, second to, to last. last one, the penultimate one, if you will. But no, this is, uh, so we're doing Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. It's not quite like the other Westerns we watched. It is not. And actually, like, I'm just going to come right out and, and say what I, because we watched this a week ago. Right. Uh, so I've had a whole week to like stew on sit it and, and sit. And, and okay, so I originally watched Unforgiven when it came out, mm-hmm. and I was unimpressed. Really? Not unimpressed. So much. It just felt like another. Um. It it, it felt not forced. That's not what I'm trying. It just felt like a '90s action movie that didn't happen until the very end of the movie, and it just felt very slow. And I didn't care for the acting in it. Especially the young, uh, the young guy that comes to find Clint Eastwood to come and, and avenge the, the what the the whatchamacallit the, kid. the whatchamacallit the Cincinnati kid or whatever the, that's the that's Schofield not, the Schofield, Schofield kid. kid yeah right and so I just remember like and so I've I've watched this movie several times uh, and and I've always wanted I find myself wanting to like it but just can't. <laughs> And I know did I'm gonna you, probably get flamed for that. Did because you turn this around on it at all, or are you still in that no, camp? No, in fact, I'm like more firmly in the camp of like this is just kind of an okay movie. I am hoping that I can at least I can turn you around a touch. There's, okay. I think there's things in this movie that because it was weird uh, when I sat down to watch it. I had a DVD copy mm. from fucking I think I was like 14 I basically I used to go to Walmart and I would get my dad to buy me any movie that he I could get my dad to buy me any movie that he liked that was R-rated so I'd go and like to find like you know some R-rated like six R-rated movies and be like dad are these good and he's like you're not watching those and I'm like what about this one it's Clint Eastwood he's like oh it's a classic that's a great one yeah Yeah, (laughs) perfect but uh I threw it into my my 42 inch widescreen television and it was full screen Mm. normally that's okay for me but for whatever reason after watching uh those last two movies that we watched in that like panoramic like beautiful Vista widescreen seeing that box I was like fuck this I yep, cannot watch this movie it. this way so I went and bought the uh, I bought a digital copy on Voodoo and watched it that way and uh, so I've seen this movie like three or four times and I was with you until I watched it this time interesting because we have done so much digging and unpacking mm-hmm. of westerns that I was able I think I was able to see facets and nuance here where before I was just seeing like uh, Clint Eastwood tried to do another western or right. something like that. Yeah. Like one of the one of the big things that I noticed which I really really loved was we've talked in the past especially in season 0 which you can find on patreon.com <laughs> about how there are there can be non character elements of a film which are themselves characters for example tom hardy's body in bronson daniel day lewis's eyes essentially there are there are little things like um we just did uh christian bale's like thin oh his body yeah his his emaciated body his emaciation is a character for sure and in this one i would say clint eastwood's face is a character Mm -hmm. now like clint eastwood is or or, or uh, Bill Bill Money we should Bill say Money. His, yeah, William his, Money William Money, um, which I don't know maybe that's a little too on the nose since they're going to do murder for money, but um right Bill Money's face that like at this point in Clint he's Clint Eastwood is still alive and this he is, is 1992 and, and he, he looks was, old as fuck like he looks like he's like 89 90 years old 90 year old I mean, Bill he is Money leathered I mean just well, what I wrote down and and liked about this is. 
those lines on his face. If you gave if you gave a young actor to a makeup department, mm-hmm. they would put lines on a, an, on an actor's face to tell their backstory. Like he's lived a hard life and he's he would age in certain ways based on his backstory. And it occurred to me that Clint Eastwood's actual lines on his actual face are an accurate backstory for his character because he spent most of his youth and young life making spaghetti westerns. Oh, shit. So all those Sergio Leone movies yeah. where he's out baking in the desert yeah. and he's out there like getting windblown and sandblasted and is getting too much sun, which is just turning his face into this like apocalyptic craggy right. wasteland. When we get to Bill Money, he has genuinely lived He the has life. lived that life. He's lived that Clint life. Clint Eastwood himself Clint has Clint Eastwood, li- yeah. the actor himself, has lived a life that makes him appropriate to play that character. Perfect. He's been in, like, the, just the fact, uh, you can, now I know this is not in the, the script and not in the film. Well, no, no, no. But when you look, when I, when I watch this movie, I imagine the, the Man With No Name trilogy. Yes. And, and this then, is sort of the fourth Iteration yeah, of like that. Fa- well, now we find out who the man with no name is, or right. something or like he, that. He picked up the seat when I, yeah, because when I first watched this this movie, I watched it. I'm a huge Sergio Leone fan. Yeah, like, I, yeah just yeah, the yeah. Once Upon a Time in the West is one of the most amazing films ever. Um, of course, the Man with No Name. Was that trilogy. his last western? I don't really recall. It's pretty you recent. Know, as a big of a fan, I, I don't know the exact chronology. Right, of right, it, right. But it's one of his later ones. I yeah, love that movie. Like too. Once Upon a Time in America too, is which is fantastic. But mm-hmm. like when I saw this movie. I was already a you know, fan of the Man With No Name trilogy, and I went into it as younger Carl, thinking of this as the fourth in that or movie. Or we're expecting We're something? expecting that. Yeah. Well, that was sort of the buzz when this movie came out, too. It's like, one is Clint Eastwood's return to the, to the genre. I think Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was the, the one before this. I mean, there was a large chunk of time between him doing westerns. Right. Um, because he did the whole Dirty Harry franchise and then, you know, everything else in between and a bunch of directing. But Is it Clint Eastwood in Any Which Way But Loose? It is. And Any Which Way You Can. Yeah, there's two of them. But let's... <laughs> yeah. But it, it, so even with... Even as young Carl going into Watch Unforgiving uh, and sort of having that backstory in my mind... I was still disappointed, even like viewing it through the lens of William Money is the man with no name who who found the right woman, who cleaned him up, who right. put him of this his evil drinking and had two kids. She died of of whatever the hell she died the fever, but now they're raising pigs and the pigs are sick and the whole. Th- I'm just like, really? Okay, it's just ugh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I was making no. sounds instead of instead of instead a point, of, but that's that is how I feel about this movie. It's like that. I th- maybe I set myself up too much for the expectation of it to be the fourth in a Sergio like in the Sergio in Leone, Sergio Leone style. style. Which of course it isn't. No, it's. I, but I think it's sort of in a way a product of the Sergio Leone style clearly. because it's Clint Eastwood who mm-hmm. is, it's a love note to Sergio Leone clearly. in a way. But I also think it's sort of a deconstruction. Of mm-hmm. Sergio Leone, in a way. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy about this film, when I first started watching it, and I wrote a note, and then I corrected that note like three lines down, mm-hmm. um, and I wrote, uh, I was not impressed with Clint Eastwood's acting at first. Now, I, I know that you are not, but no, I not came to be, because I wrote down, Eastwood's acting is stiff. And then three lines later, I wrote, Eastwood's acting is stiff the way a hinge rusts, sort of creaking with a, within a limited mm-hmm. range uncomfortably. And what I think what I think I was getting at with that was he there's a weird stilted stiffness to him in the beginning before he mm-hmm. gets his guns and gets back on his horse when he's talking to his kids like. When he's talking to his kids, especially in the scene where he's getting up onto his horse and the horse right. is like running around in circles, he's like, "the the ongoing gag that he can't get on his horse." Right, and he's like, "this is this horse is getting back at me for all the cruelty I've done to right. animals." And then he gets up on his horse and he's like, "tell it, remember that your your beloved sainted mother's looking down on you and God loves you." It's it's his delivery for me. I know that you read it differently, but yeah, he, yeah, for very me, much it, so. for me, it felt intentional, as in. He's just He's just saying these he's words. He's just saying these things, but they're kind of like flat cardboard to him. Right. Right? He doesn't mean them really. He wants to mean them because he's trying to And I would 
Well, I would say that his performance changes, not even subtly, but fairly dramatically after he drinks whiskey. Well, again. as soon as he drinks the whiskey, he flips the switch, right? I mean, then he, he's... it goes like the end of this movie could be like the the nihilistic cousin to High Plains Drifter. Oh yeah, it's it's like almost supernatural how fucking how like, he rolls in, how and just, violent, mm-hmm. and he's um, his face is. I mean, I will give him that is like, and that I don't want anyone to. Th- I, I, I love Clint Eastwood. I love his yeah, movies, his so directing, like the Dirty Harry for like, uh, it's just this movie I happen to like not be a fan of his acting in. Sure. Not that I need to defend myself from like, no, not God, we're, that's, Eastwood, what right, we're, right. that's what we're doing. But, like we, I think we talked about how um, his politics can be a titch questionable right, here and sure, there. Certainly. And yet at the same time, it's easy to love Clint Eastwood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, um, but when he does roll into town, there is, his eyes are very, it's frightening. Yeah. It's like the devil has rolled into town. God to damn collect it. Yes. souls. That is. Yes. Well, it's hard not to. I mean, I, I, I'm i sure we all noticed it, but he rides a pale horse. Mm-hmm. Like he literally rolls rides, in right. as death. And, to and, town. and that's another moment where I'm like, oh, womp womp. Okay. So you didn't like it? No. I love it. heavy handed bullshit. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> there's. Well, okay. Well, but then. I, uh, uh, obviously, we're as always. We are assuming that you have seen the film. Yes. We're the we're just gonna spoil the fuck out of it. Um, yeah. I want to see. Uh, okay, so I liked that touch. He okay. rode a pale pale horse because he comes into town and he's just like this embodiment of death. And they're not beating you over the head with it. I mean, yeah, they're not like a subtle touch. They're not like William Money's on a pale horse, right? <laughs> you know, or whatever. But like, but uh, there's two two touches that I really loved. One is cinematography. Both of them are kind of cinematography, right. but one is metaphor. The cinematography, this, the choice of this film to allow natural shadow. Mm-hmm. It a lot of times in movies when you get a hard overhead shadow, what they'll do is they'll take a ref- basically it's like a reflective screen, which is called fill light or bounce light. Bounce light, yep. Where you're, you you can't see your actor's face. And why are you paying your actor like $4 million to do and the movie if you can't see his face. his face? So they put they put a bounce light or fill light under him to sort of create a softer shadow so you can make out features. This movie does complete black shadow. Mm-hmm. When he's sitting at the t- the, the table oh, when and he's, he's in sick when he's shaking, sick, you right. can't see anything above his upper lip. Period. It's black. Well, he he has his whole collar. He has pulled his collar up, up too. but when you look around the bar, everyone's that way. Anyone who has a hat on, their face is gone in shadow, right. and it creates when you when you have a room full of people and zero faces, it creates a weird sort of tension. So. The last scene. I want to pick your brain on this because sure. if the pale horse is heavy-handed, I want to see what you think of the very end. Because when he is the, one of my favorite lines of all time at the very end, when he's screaming at the town and he's like, "Don't treat no women bad either, or I'll come back and kill every one of you." Yes. And he he literally says he will he will fucking kill the whole town. But. Part of what makes that so amazing, I want to get back to that line, but what makes that so amazing is his whole face, even when he's turning and there's light, the way his hat is sitting, you never, never see, his see his eyes. Face. He looks like, the, you You said it perfectly, he looks like the goddamn devil. Mm-hmm. He looks like death on that horse, not like withered death, but like no one is doubting that he <laughs> could come back, <laughs> back and kill and everybody everyone. in yeah. the town. Then what do we? what is the ultimate cliche of a Western? Right off, off into the sunset, sunset. Mm-hmm. and in Unforgiven, he rides into utter blackness. Yeah. What did you think of that? I just said that, and my hair stood up on my arms. I got fucking chills. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a nice touch. That was a nice yeah, touch, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, absolutely. like the I will I will build a thesis, and yeah. I will argue. Yeah. But like, oh, perfect. But no, at the end of the movie, though, right? Like when he that bit that that culmination, like this is this is Clint Eastwood's. As far as we know, like he's 106 years old or whatever, <laughs> right, he exactly. might do another he one, might I don't do know. Another one. But as far as we know, this is his last word on the Western. Mm-hmm. And to spend his life riding into the sunset. Think about that, just as an actor, as a man, as as basically an icon of the Western. He spent his life riding into the sunset, and the last statement Western. that he makes right. is riding off into the darkness. The 
ultimate subversion. Yeah. There's something beautiful and like weirdly touching about that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. All right. Pale horse, I will give you sometimes, you know, maybe there's a touch of like really Clint Eastwood, uh, but when <laughs> right. he threatens to kill the whole goddamn no, town is, and then rides is, into the black. That's like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> something to... To, like to, that that whole the the last reel of this movie, mm-hmm. I am a fan of. I love that we still talk in reels too. I know, isn't that weird? That's a such a film nerd thing <laughs> to do. Like, the final like the, reel in the third act. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The final reel that I I am a fan of. Yeah, it's everything. The the first two acts are fucking garbage in this movie. Uh, if you ask me. So. Oh no, Carl. From hell's heart, you stabbing me. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the th- the third act uh, the, is. It is the devil come to town. It is the high plains drifter, like exponentially more so. And in, in it's yeah, the gunfight with 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 uh, uh, what is it that the Gene Hackman says when a he's about to die? Dagger. I was I was it's like he can't die because I was building a house. Like that chills me more than anything in this when when he is he's about to kill right Gene, yeah, and Gene Hackman doesn't want to die. And he says, he's like, I was, I, I was building a house. It's like, it's, there's a famous story about that. Um, I, I think it's Neil Gaiman tells the story, but he was an, out with an author friend of his and mm-hmm. the author got mugged oh, shit. at gunpoint. And the first thing out of his mouth was, you can't kill me. I'm a writer. And there's a weird, yeah. I, I kind of felt that way about Bill Doggett or uh, uh, little Bill Daggett little where Bill. he's yep. like, where little Bill's like, my house isn't done. You, right. This isn't where I die. You have something that you're doing. I have right. a house to finish. Right. right. That that to me is chilling. This this movie, the way that this movie treats violence, is, I think, exceptional. Especially because we've seen a couple of westerns, like the Duck of Death getting beat. The Duck of Death, Jesus. The, for me, there there's two that really stand out. Mm-hmm. Three. There's three moments that really stand out, but two in particular. One is when the Schofield kid shoots that guy, and uh, is under the under the tree, and is sitting there like drinking whiskey, drinking like it's iced tea, drinking. <laughs> There's, I you know, okay. Part of me wants to love everything in this movie, but I will say this: this the scene with the kid under the tree. I just wanted. Eastwood to back him off yeah, just like a, a touch yeah. he's pretty close but he god damn it that like wipe take a drink wipe, your, wipe mouth, your mouth with and it then and do then, the, yeah. the same motion again and he's just out of kind of pulling the trigger like his whole performance is he's, shit I wouldn't say shit he's mm. I think for me the part of the reason that I don't say sh- that I don't say the performance is shit is I think before this you don't see remorse in westerns very often oh no no. You see, we saw a touch of it when Paul Newman shoots those guys in uh, Butch Cassidy. Where he, oh, even but, Butch Cassidy was feeling the remorse but what for a book. But what for, he, for, what's for, his yeah. remorse? He sits kind of quietly and stares into the fire. And we loved it because it's a subtle touch. And, and then they carry He out. goes subtle, and this kid goes like 5% too far, maybe right. 10% too far. But to have... to I even for that character in The general. Schofield kid? No. Uh, l- then let's talk about just the Schofield kid. Okay, let's Because I like his... I like his function in this movie, which is... This is written incredibly poorly as a function. Really? Uh, you don't seem like no rootin' tootin' is cowboy like come the fuck No, on. but that's what I like about it. Okay, here. this is why I like the Schofield kid. Oh, this is going to be another Prisoners <laughs> this, episode. This is Prisoners. This is the Prisoners the part two. <laughs> People that, that are Patreons. Yeah, and, for Patreon supporters, go and listen to the Prisoners episode where Carl and I disagreed, but to great effect. Oh, yeah. Okay, the Schofield kid. The Schofield kid to me is us. He is the kid who has grown up watching westerns. He's been re- re- hearing the reading stories, the, reading the books, and he's been the hearing the okay. stories, and he has no idea what the reality is. And I would say that the thesis of this movie is Eastwood trying to present what would probably be the reality. Mm-hmm. So the Schofield kid, first of all, the fact that he's blind. Right, like he can barely see fifty yards. He's like, right. his vision's not that great. What you shooting at? And the first thing he says when he gets to Clint Eastwood is, "You don't look like a killer." And I and I think that that is intentional because he wouldn't be able to see him anyway. He's not. He be, he's doesn't look like a killer because the kid can't isn't seeing him clearly. Right, and then. Like that's why when other people see Clint Eastwood and find out who he is, they're immediately like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> 
yeah. your bill money. Oh boy, this is not good. Right. But that kid who can't, who sees everything kind of fuzzy. He sees everything through a powder filter. Sure. He sees, you know, he's got that um, that f- haze of nostalgia for the West. So when he sees Bill Money, who is a fucking brutal murderer, like we find out later he on. Like, well, we even find out later on that the stories the kid has heard are under exaggerated. Right. He's like, I heard you like you killed three men, and then later Ned's like, wasn't it five men? And and Will, <laughs> Bill's like, like, I don't know, I was fucking drunk was the drunk. whole time. Yeah. But like, he's even more of a brutal motherfucker than. Than, than the stories tell. So yeah, right. but anyway, so the Schofield kid shows up and he's bragging about his gun and he's mm-hmm. like, "I killed man," right? But really, he's just a, he's a kid, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't realize he doesn't realize what these stories mean. When you hear he killed five men, you're like, "Jesus, that's impressive," but when he finds out what killing one man means. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's put into the reality, but the other thing is the because he's never killed a man because he's he's basically he's uh he's the Roy Rogers right, he's, yes. he's a kid dressed up in a Roy Rogers costume. He and, wants to play cowboys and cowboys. Right. So he's basically like a farmer or something, right? Who's been like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna be a I'm gonna be a gunman, and he he talks. His dialogue is not realistic character dialogue his dialogue is what he, he thinks, read in the books maybe or what he thinks yeah. these like hard case cowboys talk like and it's i think what's what points to that is how over exaggerated it is he's not like he's he, you don't look like no killer he's like you don't look like no son of a bitch and goddamn right. shit fucking ass cock bitch <laughs> yeah. killer you know like it's so over the top that he's like I'm gonna talk rough like this like like, that, these, guys like these guys do, do. All right. so watching He's also until until he until we let Eastwood off the chain with that half a fifth of whiskey fifth that of whiskey he just puts down. down. Oh my god, I love that when he takes that bottle from the kid and he's drinking mechanically. Mm-hmm. He's numbing himself for what he's, he's going to go do. He's taking his medicine is what he's doing. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. It's almost like he's like stoking like stoking the fire back yep. up or waking up that thing that he that meanness in him that he, he knows what it's going to do. Right. And He's he going to go threaten to kill a whole town yeah. and be able to follow through on it. But until we let Eastwood off the chain and get that fucking high violent madness, he, the Schofield kids are POV character. Essentially, he's mm-hmm. our we share his disappointment when Bill Money gets sick. We're like, what? oh, this is garbage. Right. Well, we're like, John, when does John Wayne never got sick? Fucking yeah, he's got his. Yeah. When he's he gets kicked out of town by Gene, he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they just kicked the shit out of him. They beat the shit out of him. And how hard is it to watch John, or John Wayne, how hard is it to watch Clint Eastwood crawling like a worm on that bar floor? So when we see that and we're like, God damn it, Clint Eastwood, pull yourself together. You're a fucking badass. Right. We are the Schofield kid where we're like, we're like, why are you doing this? You're a, you're a, you're a crazy, you're like, you're a legend. You're a God. Why aren't you shooting all these men in the face? You must not have been armed. You must not have been armed because if you'd been armed, you'd have killed them all. But no, this. And if you hadn't had like a fever of 105 and like right, couldn't think clearly. But that's not reality. That's not reality. That yeah. is that powder filter western. What we are seeing is Clint Eastwood. Because we wanted them as the, we wanted him as the audience member, right, to stand up to Bill Money Holy or shit. stand up to him then. Well, you see. and like take take the duster off and beat his ass, or to with say the his or to name say his and name. see yeah. fear come into his eyes. You know, like he's a sick old guy shivering. Mm-hmm. And when I when I first watched this movie again, because it's been years since I saw it, when he walks up, I misremembered that that was the shootout. Yeah, you're right. So I, he gets up there and he's like, "All right, stranger, what you got a piece on you?" I'm just waiting, waiting for him for to the be moment. like. Bill Money and everyone to be like, <gasps> or or to have him just like, bam, 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 and right. just blow everyone the fuck away like he does in the end. Like he does in the end. I was yeah. waiting for like for Clint Eastwood to be Clint Eastwood, but, he but he's not. Yeah, you know what Clint Eastwood is? He's a sick old man, is what he is, and it's unpalatable. Yeah. Wow, that just did a thing. To I'm my sorry. Brain. So that's no, no, no. That, that's, <laughs> that did a thing to my brain because that's like because part of my reaction to this movie is 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 just that. And why I don't care for it is because like you don't. But wow, hmm. I'm not saying you've changed. But that no, was a no. very good point, though. Yeah, yeah. But so because that's what well, the irritation. I get irritated very easily watching movies. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when when a shot will ling- linger too long on someone doing something monotonous, like they're talking about <laughs> making a sandwich and they start making the sandwich. I'm like, oh, please don't 
make me watch them make the entire fucking sandwich. This is going to drive me fucking crazy, right? As I get irritated very easily sometimes. Yeah. And so I feel like the Clint Eastwood arriving to town the first time and is sick. It's like, are you really going to make me watch him make the sandwich of him like being sick, being sick and then getting better and then coming? I don't have time for that sandwich to be made. Like... I'm an impatient audience member at that point. Right. I think that's the sort of point, though. That's why that was done that way, intentionally. Yeah, there's, I think there's... Like, the expectation is there that it's Clint Eastwood and he's going to kick fucking ass. We know but, how a Clint Eastwood Western works. Yeah. And this is not how they work. So my reaction is like, I don't fucking like this. Right. But it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> In a way, yeah. You just, totally like, is. that, like, blew a whole... <laughs> that blew a whole part of my brain up just now. The... The thing for me is there are westerns that are geared two different ways. Right. There's the Leone westerns, there's the John Wayne westerns, yeah. and then there are there's a western that we're not going to do in the main show, but I'd like to maybe visit in Patreon, which is uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward yeah, Robert Ford. Yeah. That's almost three hours long, mm-hmm. and there are, there are like thirty minute chunks of that. That's just like Brad Pitt. Like riding a horse through the snow and like getting down off his horse. There's this, this specific scene I have in my mind where they're riding across a lake, and he get he clears the snow off the ice and looks at his reflection in the ice for a long time mm-hmm. while his two companions just kind of stand around and don't do anything. There's like minutes of silence in my memory. I'm not sure if I'm right. remembering correctly, but then he like he doesn't even like quick draw and do it like something impressive. He takes his gun out really slowly and cocks it. And shoots his reflection and then puts his gun away and gets back on his horse like the the amount of time that they take out of the out of the driving the plot forward to show us that right is weirdly dissonant when you're watching a western because you're like this is jesse james why isn't he why drawing isn't he guns drawn, yeah, yeah. and robbing banks you want yeah you want the young guns too yeah right? you <laughs> exactly you want you want young guns you yeah. want you know you want uh by the way i was watching young guns the other day <laughs> It was on TV at I just work. watched it again recently, too, to be honest with you. And I realized, is it Chavez? That's the name Chavez of it? Chavez-y Chavez, yeah. Fucking Chavez is Henry Chavez. Standing Bear from Longmire. The bartender. The Native American bartender from Longmire is Chavez. It's as Lou a, Diamond Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. I had no <laughs> fucking idea. I was watching that, and I'm like, is that Longmire's Native American friend? Is that yes. Henry Standing Bear? And then it's I go LVP. on IMDb, and I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Rock and roll, I but that's that what you expect, though. Like from from is that sort of young guns, guns blazing when you right, yeah. right, right, and especially with Clint Eastwood, because mm-hmm. if you watch anybody, if you watched High Plains Drifter and then watched this without being prepared right. for the shift and for the it almost you know what this movie is almost it's like right on the borderlands of like art film. Because it's such a thorough deconstruction of everything else that Clint Eastwood's done with the Western that you're like, what? Mm -hmm. What am I watching? I I just read one of my own notes and was like, this is a good way to put it. The Schofield kid has got the accoutrements and the trappings, but he doesn't have the teeth for it. I don't Mm -hmm. know why I like the the way that that worked. But um, this is a good the last movie we watched before this was The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Mm -hmm. This, I think, is a good pairing back to back. You know, yeah, absolutely. Especially, I know you made you you made fun of it a second ago, but uh, the scene with was it was it English Bob? Eng- uh, yeah, uh, um, uh, the Duke the, of Death. The Duke, right? the Duck Bob, of Death. Yeah, yeah the Duke <laughs> the of Death. The Duck of Death. The Duck of Death. I says Duck, but um, the story of Two Gun Corky and English Bob is a v- total Valance situation because mm-hmm. the writer guys like, you know. I, I, he, Two Gun Corky was offending a woman, and I defended his honor, and he sh- shot him down. And then you hear you find out that it's not. Well, and the, yeah. what I love about that is we've also been hearing stories about Bill Money the whole movie, where it's like he shot down two men, and and he was you know he robbed a bank, and he was a mean son of a bitch. But what we hear again and again from Ned and Bill is like I don't remember doing that. I was drunk. I was drunk. That's the that's like the 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 refrain of the this refrain movie. Is, is like, I don't remember that. I, I remember drunk. I was drunk. Mm-hmm. I remember that I was drunk. And then like there's a I'll get, I want to get back to English Bob because I actually kind of like his performance. Like well, he's pretty solid. Yeah. But um, when they're around the campfire, and Bill just says, "Do you remember that fella that I shot in the mouth? His teeth came out the back of his head." And Ned's like, uh, yeah. and he's just like. I've been thinking about him a lot lately. And that's like it. That's it. That's it. That 
is a r- actual Western story. Right. It's not like, and he came onto my ranch and he was threatening my family. And I said, partner, right. fill your hand. It's not that. It's like, I, I even think he says, like, I don't remember why I shot him because he was drunk. Because he was drunk. But, like, the story's not like I was defending him. He's like, remember that guy and his teeth came out of the back of his head when I shot him? It's, it's pretty fucked up, right, Pretty, pretty messed up, right? Anyway, I'm going to go to bed now. Yeah. Have a good night. Good night. That's a yeah. that is a fucking Western story. And that story of Two Gun Corky where he's, like, shot his own toe off right yes couldn't get his gun up because he was shit-faced english bob is shit-faced english bob misses like three, three shots yep. like there are no heroes they're just drunken violent men and mythologizing that's what this movie's about this movie is a story of stories man it's and, anyway. and, it's, and it's a story itself too and that's probably why i get dis- disappointed when i watch it because you're expecting that that story of because if clint eastwood is yeah. The man with no name because he lived that life. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I mean, he didn't. It, right, 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 right. You know, he's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Westerns and he lived that. Like, the actor you, was in. You're, the, yeah. you're expecting that legend. And sometimes, like, you don't get the legend is something different than what your expectation is, right? So, and that's what we get in this movie until the end. And then, holy fuck, it's worse than you It's expected. Yeah, and it's the, be- the the thing I love about the end, too, is they could have done with that big shootout when he finally, when they kill his friend and his friend's on display. Oh, he's Morgan like, Freeman, yeah. Yeah, that, right? when Ned's yeah. dead. And he says, like, his last thing he says is, you know, he says the line that you expect the hero to say, you bury my friend right. Yeah. And then his next line is another thing you'd expect heroes to say. And don't be, uh, don't be, tre- it's either like treating women or treating whores bad, neither. And you're like, okay, still a hero. And then he goes, or I'll come back and I'll kill right. every last one of you. And you're like, holy Not what the hero shit, says, right. Clint Eastwood. But what I love about that last shootout is you could make it a John Wayne shootout. Or you could make it a Clint mm-hmm. Eastwood shootout or, you know, where he draws. and It's he, dirty. He shoots everyone and they got their... Clint Eastwood shoots an unarmed man on the ground mm-hmm. on his way out of the bar. The guy's like, he's not fighting fair. Not at. Oh my god, at no. All. Yeah. So he's like, he like fills his hands. Some some people in the bar aren't armed. And he's blowing them away. He's just like blam, blam, blam. He shotguns one guy point blank. Yep. Just like he points the gun at the proprietor, right? Yeah. And the proprietor's just like, oh, shit. And he, they're talking for a second, and then Clint Eastwood just. Just fucking ices him with a shotgun. Destroys him, yeah. So that that dude didn't have a gun in his hand. Clint Eastwood shot that guy in cold blood. Yeah. So once again, we're not watching a hero shootout. We're watching a true story of the West. We're watching what the West was, which was Clint Eastwood is now a... He's not a hero. He's a murderer. He's a murderer. A drunk... A drunk murderer. He's yes. a drunk, violent man. Yeah. That's all this movie is. So he's he's guns down everybody. And I read something interesting on IMDb, and I went back and watched, and I was like, oh my god, it's true. He fires the two shotguns and fires six rounds. So when he threatens those people in the bar, he's, he has an empty gun. Oh my god. He's threatening them with an empty gun. But he's they just watched him gun down a so bunch like, of people. Yeah. So, and then he reloads his shotgun and goes over and shoots. Gene Hackman in the face while that guy's on his back unarmed. Then on his way out of the bar, another guy's like, oh, and Clint Eastwood's like, oh, bam, shoots him too. <laughs> right. He, as by my count, he murders, I think, four unarmed people in his big climactic hero shootout. Right. So, I he's mean, <laughs> it's an utter subversion yeah. of what we, he's our hero. We're like Bill Money, he's doing it for his family, but right. he pounds half a fifth of whiskey and then guns down a bunch of. On our murders men. a bunch Just of people. Murders a fucking <laughs> room full of people. It's super intense shit. And I think that it's basically like the story of English Bob and yeah. Two Gun Cork is like a couple drunk dudes just shooting just each shooting other each up. Other up. Yeah. Oh, it's so brutal. I that I think that that final shootout. Okay, like whatever else about the rest of the film. Sure. That final shootout is one of the the great western scenes. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's um, there's a great line in here too. Like, one of my favorite things about Gene Hackman's character is he's Gene Hackman. Is he? Do you love Gene Hackman as well? We haven't I established do. this yet. We haven't. No, I've loved Gene Hackman since Superman. Oh like, my god, yeah. When he's like, <laughs> like as, as Lex Luthor, like, yeah. he's so good. Okay, I like Gene Hackman yeah. too. So I've met some people. I don't who are mind like, Gene Hackman mm-hmm. being Gene Hackman. Like, neither do I because oh. he's he's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. Gene Hackman's character as like the guy who's building his house, but 
where Bill Money has zero percent like stake in his own myth, little Bill, you can kind of tell, even though he's re- kind of retired from that life, right? There is he's very nuanced because there's a part of him that when it's fanned a little bit, sort of like flares up again. Well, that's why he he keeps the writer. Right, and he's telling story. He like corrects old stories, but he's also sort of like editing himself for himself. In the, yeah. So, and there are great lines with Gene Gene Hackman has my favorite line in the movie, which is when while Bill or um when English Bob says, "Little Bill, I thought you were dead." And little Bill goes, "I heard that myself." Or he goes, "Um uh, I thought, I th- hell, I, th- I thought I, or I, I thought myself I was dead. Turned out I was just in Nebraska. Right. <laughs> he fires, he's firing out. That is a, that's a quote unquote hero one liner. That's the thing that Gary Cooper says before he quick draws and kills a motherfucker. So in a weird way, you know, like Gene, Gene Hackman's character is like, well, you know, I, he has one. He's got he's, he's got, got a one liner on right. tap, and he's like, oh, "This is gonna this is gonna play." You guys ready for this? I thought I was dead too. Turned out I was just in Nebraska. It turns out I was just <laughs> sweep to the gun to one side, yeah. you know. And then we're like, "Okay, where's Clint Eastwood's one liner?" And he's like, "I'll fucking shoot all <laughs> you to death." Like, what well, easy, and you're Clint? Like, Jesus whoa. Christ, buddy! Pump the brakes, <laughs> Chief. How about a how about like a. How about like a little whip crack and like see you later, ma'am, or Nothing no more or, guns in the no, valley? Or, or, could I fire six shots or only five? No. Right. Nothing? Like, uh, do you feel lucky? Nothing? He's just like, I'll fucking murder <laughs> all of you, stupid assholes. You're like, oh my God. Fuck me, Clint. <laughs> He's I I love how I love how ra- how how rough, how ragged, how mm. worn down he is. You know, he's like he, he like he literally gets yeah. I think another reason why I don't like this movie, uh-huh. and this isn't bullshit. I'm not even kidding. Every time I watch this movie, I get sick. Why? Like I actually get like oh, I'm just coming over like I'm just getting over a cold. <laughs> I watch this movie, and it's like it's so affecting to be like to watch him like he he fevers like nobody else. Like you like Clint Eastwood's Clint fever? Eastwood is he's sick. Oh yeah, he's you get sympathetic sick. Like, sick. like, like I, he looks <clears> like <throat> Shit. He looks like garbage, and I always get sick like a day or two after I watch this movie. Like uh, I get a fever because I'm like I get the Bill Money fever for some reason. He I really does. Like yeah. he truly looks ill. Like he's got that. Like not that he's like sunk. shaking. He's sunken. But into he's himself. you can tell that he has like the hot sweats and the cold sweats, and he's just drenched with with fever sweat. And part, it's just like part Ugh. of it, I think, is is um. Like how his mouth stays a little it's like bit, a little open. bit open, like he's having, like, like he's, he's breathing through his mouth, yeah. you know. And I think another part of it is how he like pulls his uh, his jacket up around his yeah, his like face how he and keeps his, his and he keeps his hands near his chest where it's warm. Yep. Ooh, there's he really he does sick very well. Yeah. Oh my god! And when he's on the when he's on the um when he's lying in the bed in mm-hmm. the shack, and he's uh like talking to Ned and he's like I'm afraid to die and he talks about seeing his wife and all the yeah that is cause that's when a hero's on his deathbed he's like tell my children that I love them right and give them my share of the money and then he right, dies right, right. this guy's like please don't let me die Ned I'm so scared of hell Ned it's like he's a man he's afraid he's of just hell. a man and the fucking Schofield kid is like yeah he must have been delirious cause if he had been in his right mind he never would have said that st- it doesn't get it doesn't get it uh, I wrote a note here and I don't remember what this is in reference to Davy's death scene is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen I don't remember who the fuck Davy is who the hell is Davy I don't know but there's apparently a super brutal death in this movie we only I was, you even wrote the note about it it was only like a week ago I'm looking on this one uh, the scene where the kid is drinking under the tree a lot of rough edges, a lot of... Oh, is oh, Davey the dude Davey's taking the, the shit? No, but, I know what it is. Oh, that's a fucked up scene. I remember what it is. Holy <laughs> so, shit. I'm, like, I'm just eager. It's when they're Tell camped me. up. It's when we find out Ned's vision's going to. They're camped up, and they shoot the guy's horse, and then they clip him in the leg, and he's... Or his leg breaks under the horse, and right. he's crawling for cover, and Clint is firing misses, firing misses, which again, what do you see in movies? He's a dead Always, shot. Yeah. Everyone, Always one kill. Mark, yes. Yeah, and what do we see? Clint Eastwood misses Miss. like four, three shots, four shots, and then he gut shots him. It's not even like blam, and he goes, Ugh, and he dies. He shoots him in the guts, and he's dying yeah. and dying, and he's like, I want some water. Oh, that is brutal. Can I have some water? And they don't like run away. Clint Eastwood's just sitting up there, and even 
even fucking Bill Money's like, give him some water for God's Jesus sake. Jesus Christ, give him some water. Yeah. Promise you ain't gonna shoot. I ain't gonna shoot. I'm just so thirsty. Oh, I'm just so thirsty. Is he dying? Yeah, he's dying. Jesus. Oh, I don't want to die. Oh, it hurts. It's long. It's long, yeah. They let you sit with that. And again, like, it's not the, like, you know, like the boom, boom, boom. Right. Right. I You know, like, right, sh- yeah. you know, and then they die. It's like, no, oh, like this dude's gut shot. And- oh, it hurts so bad. Yeah. Give him some water. Jesus God. Christ, give him some fucking water. Yeah. It's hard to sit and listen. I'm glad you remembered who that was. Me too, because that, as soon as I, I'm like, who's Davey? Who's Davey? I'm like, Davey, Davey. And then I'm like, what were some brutal death scenes? I'm like, well, there was that six minute scene of that guy <laughs> right. just, begging just begging not begging. to die and asking for water. It's hard to sit and li- even as an audience, because we don't barely see the guy who got shot. No, Mostly we just sit with like, Clint yep. and you see Ned kind of sitting on a rock and it's, as Ned's listening to that guy screaming, you're like, Ned's not going to continue with nope. this. Ned's done. Yep. He is oh. checked out. It's 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 when you're drunk and you're shooting people, maybe you don't remember the five minutes where you listen to a dude just begging be, for... be afraid of what is about to happen. Yeah. That's hard to sit with that. To mm-hmm. just even as an audience member, you're like Oh, uh, this is Give him fun. a drink of water and then can we cut to like a fun horseback riding right. scene a or something? A gambling scene or something. I love when like... his and when his friend gets to him to give him water. Oh, you killed him, you sons of bitches. Uh, uh, uh. Is he dead? He's gonna he's gonna be. Oh right, god yeah. damn. It's really rough. I'm a huge I'm a, just a huge, huge fan of that. Um so yeah, so that's my take. Perfect. <laughs> so where where are you sitting on this? Okay, so well you didn't completely change my mind on it, but you did bring up some interesting um pieces that I hadn't really put together. Yeah. Uh, you kind of blew my mind a little bit on some of the, uh, what I consider to be like sort of tropes or whatever, but like, right. no, it's, it's, um, there's more meat on the bone clearly, but it's still just one of those movies where it, it will never be my favorite Western. Just, it just yeah. won't be. Well, and I'm glad that I watched it again. Yeah, me too. Um, Especially now that we're in this mindset of the deep dig, because right. I saw so much more than I was yeah. gonna see, and and well, and this is like because we're we're new to the podcasting thing, and I'm new to like doing this unpacking. It's when I think back to me watching through this movie, I don't think that I was watching it with a fair enough critical eye. Mm-hmm. I was watching it through the lens of, I know that I've seen this movie several times before. I don't really care for this it's movie. It's harder to do if it's you've, hard seen, if the you've movie seen it before. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Cause you have some preconceptions. Exactly. So, um, so I maybe didn't give it the time that, the, or the attention that I needed to, to really sort of unpack it and think about it. And, 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 and so that's, you know, lesson learned there Yeah. and how to, and how to maybe be aware of that moving forward. That's like, that's another reason why I love doing this podcast too. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, it's like we're sort of going to, to a weird sort of film school it's totally together. A film it's school, like, yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing that you have helped me do with prisoners mm-hmm. in season zero and with this movie, at the beginning of the episode, the second you said that you didn't like the movie, I was like, what? And then you pointed out like two things, and I embarked upon my like, well, right. here's some things you might not have seen. But at the same time, I, like I'm, sometimes, I, Bird, will, Bird will definitely attest, I slavishly love things. Like oh, I'll sure. see anything, and I'm just like, this is great. It's the best thing I ever saw mm-hmm. in my whole life. And then I don't remember it like three days right. later. <laughs> but this movie... Oftentimes, because of the stuff that I mentioned that I think is very clever, and I always enjoy deconstructing something that's archetypical like a Western, Mm -hmm. there are definitely weak performances in this. The Schofield kid's performance, while I like the character and the function he performs... That's another thing. It's not necessarily that he's written poorly. I think that he could have been written maybe better, but... His performance is just not good. There's definite there's definite performance flaws in the Schofield kid right. character. Some of the stuff with the I don't care for the writer. I think he's overly comical at times. I think he needs to be sort of a. He's kind of comic relief in a movie that's yeah, really I dark, just, but yeah. oh, but also in a movie that is showing us the reality. Maybe right. you don't need a comic relief. I don't think you, or just a different kind of. Comedy. Right. Right. I think that G- I think in a weird way Gene Hackman is comic relief. Yeah. I, well, oh my god! How about that scene where he hands the uh, the writer a loaded revolver? Oh yeah, and then the the that's the writer, tense as fuck. Is it okay if I give it to? How about I give it to English give it Bob? To him. He's like, give it to me. Like, oh shit, 
Really? Okay. Give it to and him. And he doesn't take it. Right. And so, he, but that was, is intense. Yeah. That's, that's that whole scene with the, from the anything moment. Anything with Hackman, any Hackman good. scene is, is. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Ha- Hackman's like performances Hack, yeah. are awesome. I love English Bob. I love his mm-hmm. performance in this. I think that his, he's not, I'm not going to say he's the strongest, but he's a no. very solid character and his character is very interesting. I think he plays, because we find out his backstory is all right. bullshit. I think watching his performance, you get, you get that. You, he's actually playing, yes, I'm a drunken coward with like, and, but he's, he's playing surface acting, but there's deeper acting. But there's acting. deeper things going on, yeah. It's not, I'm not, it's not Daniel Day-Lewis, but it's very it's good there. acting. It is there. Um, and, you know, uh, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, like, he's Morgan Freeman. It's Morgan Freeman. It's bizarre. Like, even when he's playing Morgan Freeman, right. I'm like, look at how Morgan Freeman's playing. He's there. right. <laughs> <laughs> I always expected Aaron to do prayer. <laughs> but, you know, like, I, Eastwood, especially, I think that there's something, especially because we, now we did record out of order because we did watch The oh, Searchers, yeah. watching John Wayne's best performance ever, mm-hmm. and then talking about Clint Eastwood's performance in this movie, I like Eastwood's performance, not as, I, there's no way he's going to top the performances that he gave when he was a young man in the Leone movies. Oh, no. Man With No Name created a type of cowboy. Exactly. But in this movie, I like that in the beginning when we first see him, it's like he's got like 10 words that he can say because he's so isolated and he's so... He's, it's him, the kids, and the pigs, right? He's like, a, a, he's like a piece of killing machinery that's stopped and is now rusting and rusting and rusting and until this kid comes over and is like, we'll split it half and half, $500, and he gets his guns out. And from that point on... You can almost see his range expanding mm-hmm. a little bit. I, it's not like a. I I think it's a, a great performance. I don't think it's like masterful. I don't sure. think it's one of the best. But w- watching that performance grow, right? Watching his range increase, watching the 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 capacity for violence increase mm-hmm. slightly. I, and then I, the oil can that fully lubricates the hinge again, which is the whiskey bottle. When he puts down yeah. half a half a thing of whiskey, Jesus, Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah. I mean, we. I think we can both we both agree that like this is not the of the four westerns we watched. It's the weakest. I, I would agree. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. I enjoy <laughs> it. I totally yeah. enjoy it. But I would also say that the last, from the moment he starts drinking to the end of this movie, is belongs in the canon of these four films yes that last scene is definitely on par with yeah, every, every other movie we've watched searchers is on a level of its own but this is still definitely in that mm-hmm. ballpark because that god act damn that last scene fits firmly for me i would agree act one and two. definitely um can i tell you about some cinematography that i noticed yes, absolutely that i just loved <laughs> yeah. um i i wrote that big whack of black the opening sequence Mm-hmm. Where two thirds of your screen, this is a bold move for a cinematographer to just black, black out yeah. two thirds of the image that the audience is looking at in a visual medium. And then everything else, it's that blood sky and that the earth is black. Yep. Everything is it's the tree, the house and the tombstone right, or the headstone. He's digging a grave. That's right. The he's opening digging sequence yeah, is digging says. a grave. And then the next time we see that shot we have uh we'd like do some town stuff and basically we've done a 180 it's a reversal of that shot and now i noticed this and i don't think this is a mistake because this movie is very careful with its metaphors Mm -hmm. the grave once you flip that shot the grave and his dead wife are now behind him oh this probably intentional probably intentional (laughs) right so that you know he's moving on his his family is his focus and the the death is in the past um the the other cinema the other little touch of cinematography that I really enjoyed. Oh wait, no, that note is not about cinematography. That's the only thing I had. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no, I did have I did have one more character note which I liked was um him shaving before he goes off to do all of the stuff because he's scruff. He's not like unshaven, but he's like scruffy. Well, he's got a, a few days worth of hard riding, bristle. Right, yeah. and uh, when like other than John Wayne. In the winter portion of the searchers, which we'll talk about next week, yes. I can't think of another Western hero who has scruff. They're almost always clean shaven. 
That's a very good point. I never really thought about that before. Right? I don't know what yeah. I don't know what it is about that, but I think it's almost like you know, like rather he like puts on his gun belt and you know whatever, yeah. but also he's like, all right, if I'm gonna go be this guy again, I gotta go get, gotta look yeah. the part, something something like that. This movie. Uh, has garnered much more praise than even I have given it in this episode. Definitely more than you've given it. So I don't ahem. hate the movie. I know you don't, but let's talk about what the American Film Institute thinks about this mm. film. Remember, we've been ranking they, our movies probably, as we go. Probably, um, yeah. What do you want? Yeah, I'll, I'll let you guess. Okay. All right. So uh, the American Film Institute rated Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid number seven. Of the top ten best westerns, Unforgiven has also appeared on that list. What number do you think it is? Two. It is number four. Hmm. The American Film Institute gave Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid number seventy-three of the greatest movie of all time. Now it's not western. That's, That's greatest movie fucking ever. Period. This movie is also on that list. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid number seventy-three. Where do you think this movie made it? Uh, top fifty. I'm going to say. 32 do you just do you just think that the american film institute is like has a huge boner no no. it's number 68 but still it made their top 100 wow the only thing i can think especially given the schofield kids performance which come on we we can both agree that that's not a good that's not necessarily a good performance (laughs) but the only thing that i can think that that put this movie I can't understand number, number four. Number four? I don't get that. Because, like, off the top of my head, like... But do you recall which ones were, like, one, two, three? Uh, I know number one is... Uh, Searchers is Number one is like, Searchers, yeah. and then... I actually, I got the numbers here. Uh, number one is... It's the greatest... Okay, the Searchers... We'll do this next week, but... Right. Uh, the Searchers was number one. It's their number 12 greatest movie of all time. Wow. And, yeah, so, like, it, the Searchers is really high up the list. But, like, right off the top of my head, the Searchers, Shane, Johnny Guitar... Uh, um, uh, uh, the man who shot Liberty Valance, Stagecoach. I can name tons of westerns that I would put ahead of this mm-hmm. in top ten best westerns. So I'm I'm not. I stated sh- a top ten best western once. What? I stated a top ten best western <laughs> once. <laughs> they, they they had a great continental breakfast. <laughs> Was it in the? It was in the top ten best westerns. It took me like two seconds to get that. I know I was like, it did. What Sorry. are you talking about? I think I made that joke on another podcast. It's possible. I, yeah. Um, but you know, like I don't. Number four seems a bit generous to me. Yeah. But I would. I, I would. For me, this would be like number ten. But it would make the list, and for the reasons that I we talked about in sure. this show, like that, that deconstruction, that, yeah, like, I think it does very clever things. I think the screenplay is very clever. I think some of the performances go a, a bit side to side. I think, uh, I, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, fun, um, I think sometimes my, my reason for disliking this movie so much is because I, occasionally when I think about this movie, I get it confused with the quick and the dead. <laughs> I wonder where the AFI puts <laughs> the quick and the, the dead, and the, the dead. Sam Raimi uh, Western classic. Yeah, it's just it's so right that's up there. That's the young Leonardo DiCaprio. It is, man. yeah. Because every Damn, time I sit, I'm fast. Because every time I sit down to watch Unforgiven, I think I'm going to be watching the Quick and the Dead, <laughs> and it's like I'm so disappointed because it isn't the Quick and because the Dead. Because it is not the Quick and the Dead. We have a lot of Patreon episodes to do because yeah, now should, I want to watch that movie. I again. know. Right? I put that with uh, Purgatory. Oh, absolutely. Tombstone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anywho, um. Yeah, so I mean, I, I I was the last thing I want to say. I don't even know. You know what? I was gonna leave on an unkind note, and I don't want to. Oh, don't, they don't do. Let's leave on an unkind note. We'll yes. ride into the blackness. With, uh, that's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm thinking. I think the whole plot of this film essentially revolves around it's it's a revenge western in a weird way, but it's also like a total deconstruction because it's about two cattlemen. Two like cowboys essentially right. who cut up a prostitute's face and basically take away her livelihood, mutilate a woman, which is super mm-hmm. brutal. Um, this Bird pointed out when we, I watched uh, some of this with Bird, yeah. she said like uh, when we saw finally saw her scarred face, Bird's like, "Oh, she doesn't look that bad." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, they, they probably could have put a couple more bucks into like pu- some scar puckers, right, a little bit right. of keloid." Like, but, it's like, oh, she's she's healed really well. Yeah, I'm like, wow, a lot of betadine back in the past, eh? Jeez, got they they just made sure that they got their neosporin on right. there. 
I mean, yeah. they got right to her. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cold and like, compress. And, pr- cold yeah. compress, keep the swelling down. Mm-hmm. She Absolutely. saw the local plastic surgeon. She she does. She looks pretty good for being cut up, but... It's horrible, but... It's yeah. bad to say, but like they definitely could have made that a bit rougher. But, oh my God, wasn't that a great line? Um, when Clint Eastwood's talking to her and he goes, when I said before, you, um, you look fine. You ain't ugly like me. Oh, that's yeah. a line, dude. When he says you ain't you ugly, ain't ugly like, like me, me, I was like, whoa, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Ooh, if if there is a hero one-liner, that might be that it. would be the one. Damn, that's that's a great line. Yeah. I love that. You ain't ugly like me. But uh, the so a lot of the plot centers around this group of prostitutes, mm-hmm. and I think that many of their performances are a bit. Uh, not amazing. Right. It, it, what, I, I think what it is is some. There's we we have we've seen a lot of prostitute performances in westerns. There's like a type, right? Yeah. No, I would agree. Yeah. And rather than play people, I feel like a lot of those actresses just choose to play the archetype. They, well, yeah. The... Well, they're they're not they're not playing a human. They're not they're not playing a person. They're right. playing a prostitute in a western. You know what I mean? I understand, yeah. Yeah, whereas like whereas Gene Hackman has many layers. Mm-hmm. And even English Bob has two. Right. And Clint Eastwood has this weird like creaky thing going on which I'm a huge fan of and you didn't respond to, but he has a he has definitely has a nuanced performance. Sure. I think in a lot of ways they are kind of cardboard people. Like the the woman who like puts out the bounty, her yeah. whole thing is like she's fiery and don't take no shit. Yep, you and, have each of the yeah, but she, but she doesn't have another side. That's She's just, just all it is. Now I'm yelling out the window. You're going to give her a horse? Get the hell out of here with your horse. He's going to kill all... That's her. That's her. And the other one, the one who gets cut up, her whole thing is... Mousy and... Uh, well, I got cut up. Right. And no, I guess I would give you a free one. I'm just real sorry, mister. But she doesn't yeah. have another... There's no more depth than that. That's if really, there it's was... A, they're cardboard people. That's a really... That's, I think you stated that... You could have, and you could have done so much too. Like, yes. if you had got, if I had, I wanted to get a sense that the her name's Delilah. I can't remember yeah, her Delilah. last name. Delilah's the one who gets cut in the yep. beginning of the movie. Because I always make the joke in my head is Delilah after dark, and it's like the whole <laughs> Jesus. It, I, I wanted to see if I had gotten a, I wanted a sense that Delilah before mm-hmm. she got cut was different. Than Delilah after, after because you that's never a see that's that. a huge change changing moment. That's an impetus for change. Right. After you get cut up by a man in the Wild West, especially Clint Eastwood's this Clint Eastwood's vision of the Wild West, which is brutal, brutal. Mm-hmm. that will change you. But I get the sense that she was that way before too, and right. nothing is different now. The only thing that's different now is they have offered a cash reward, which has set the plot in motion. Right. I wanted to see like she used to be so lively and full and of now life, she isn't, or some character. Yeah, but there's there just isn't any of that, and it really did feel kind of cardboard to me. However, the last fucking twenty minutes of this movie are amazing. All right, I, I have nothing else for this. Well, Do you? Uh, no. I mean. I don't hate the movie. It's just not my favorite. And sure. Like yeah, like you said, the, some of the there's a lot of cardboard. I'm glad you. I and I, you know what? It, I that note about the performances. I'm oh, the only reason I found the cardboard people in my head just now mm-hmm. was because you gave me the the courage to look at the the weaknesses of this film. Mm-hmm. But I'm also glad that I was able to show you yeah, some, some of the, the some of the, the more other... deep like the creaking hinge. The like I think there might yeah. be a little more going on in Clint Eastwood's performance than than I saw. And I think the big one for me is the using the Schofield kid as like the key to as unlock. As a key, right? Because man, you that I see so much in this film when you look through his eyes, his mm-hmm. his patinaed, foggy, blinded, yes. overacted eyes. <laughs> I can't anyway. believe man died just on account of pulling the trigger. <sighs> well, just wipe your lips again with your thumb. With your thumb. God, I Take hated that. Take another pull off that, that bottle, son. There are, there, are, there are bits. There are little acting bits that I love. Mm-hmm. And there are bits where I'm like, you, that's a crutch. Why are you doing Why that? Why are you doing that? That is a yes. fucking crutch. That wiping, that I'm taking a pull and now I'm wiping my lips. Yep. I'm taking a pull and now I'm wiping yeah, my lips. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I just, and he, if he'd done it once, maybe it would have played. But he did it like four <laughs> times. Yeah. And I'm like, don't do that. Give the bottle to Clint Eastwood right. so we can get the last 30 <laughs> minutes of this movie going. Exactly. 
Ugh. No, I'm good in this one, and uh, I'm excited too. for next week when everyone gets to listen to the searchers. Right, that episode, which you are going to hear, which we already recorded, is great. I think it's the best episode we've done this season, and probably one of the best movies we've seen in this absolutely. Season so, far. so that's I, definitely a, that's. I we mention it next week, and it's a strong contender. It's for, a very strong contender for at least movie of the quarter. By yeah. far, our longest episode too. We just went. Down went that ham on that. Hole. We, yeah. I think we pulled that movie about as apart as we could in a reasonable Without amount of time. Without sounding like assholes yeah, about like it, it would have turned into like a class, right, If exactly. we'd gone any farther, it's an amazing film and it's a really good episode. So Can't wait um, for y'all to hear it. Yeah. Speaking of all y'all, we did all the Patreon stuff up, up top. Front, yeah. However, if you're listening to us on iTunes. Uh, if you could just take just a moment out of your day to rate and review us, especially a five-star review, the more reviews we get, and especially five-star reviews, that helps get our podcast in front of more people. Yes. It gets uh, the more reviews you have, uh, especially the the four and five star reviews that's you up there. it boosts you up it gets you in front of new listeners and also it'll help you get um become a recommended podcast for people who listen to similar things based on reviews so if you can uh give us a rate and review before you head on out that would be amazing very much appreciate that thank you um there are apparently i told carl the other day there's apparently a bunch of spots online where you can listen to us that i yeah we didn't I even do know not, about i do not <laughs> upload the podcast to as many websites as we are on so you're probably I, I hope you're catching us through iTunes but if you're not you're probably still <laughs> you know we're definitely out there um so if you want to check out more stuff that we're doing you can always go to patreon.com slash max peterson if you want to check us out on the uh social medias yes. you're pretty much just on Facebook right just on Facebook that's okay so you're on the Facebooks at wayward trips w-a-y-w-a-r-d T-R-I-P-P-S Wayward Trips I'm on Instagram uh, Actual Max P And I'm barely ever on Twitter And right. I hate Facebook <laughs> with a passion right. So um, so that's pretty much it So um, yeah and The Searchers next week And then the week after that We oh, begin dear Lord. A whole new theme Nicolas Cage A month of the madness I can't wait All those movies are going to be so delicious Bird came up with the perfect um, Because our podcast is measuring flicks Yes um, we, we, I like to come up with quippy names for our themes. It's not always possible, but Bird came up with a great one. I was like, what do you call the Nicholas Cage month? And she goes, Nick picks. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. That is Thank sheer you, brilliant. Bird. So, uh, yeah, May is going to be Nick picks month and we're doing all Nicholas Cage all the time. All right. Cold outro. I Here really, you, you know, I know it's coming every time. I, know I never do. spend a single second thinking about what I'm Which is what say. makes it perfect. It is true. And actually, there's a lot to work with in Unforgiven. This is really just me vamping as I think. <laughs> so, <laughs> there, there really is only one way to sign this one off, especially because this is Clint Eastwood's final word on the Western. I would like to honor his statement and uh, let the two of us just on a pale horse ride off into the blackness. <laughs>